Resilience Lab podcast. My name is Trevor. And I'm Miles. And today we are going to be talking to you guys about mindfulness and how mindfulness kind of can be used um, as a really helpful tool um, for for athletes and for for performers of any kind. Um, So I think first, you know, Miles, I think if you think it's a good idea, I think we should maybe talk about kind of what it is, because I think there's a lot of different conceptions about what mindfulness is. So maybe we can clear that up first and then we can talk about, you know, how you can actually use it. Yeah. So there's kind of a connotation that mindfulness is like a very religious practice and we associate it with different kinds of spiritualities when realistically it's just kind of paying attention to where we are right now, non-judgmentally, but, you know, with direction. So we kind of have an idea of what we're doing. We're focusing on the right here and the right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a mindset really more than it is anything else. Um, it's, it's, there's definitely, you know, it, it has its roots in religion, right? So it kind of, it came from, from Buddhism and it came from a religious place, but um, really the, the principles of it, like you talked about, like the idea of living in the present moment, um, doing that in a way that's not judgmental, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Um, that that is completely separate from the religious piece, and that's something that um, has a great connection to performance. Uh, because I think you know, a lot of times as athletes and as performers, um, you know, we have we have really busy minds, right? So we have different thoughts and emotions going on that um, that in, in some cases can really carry us out of the present moment. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we're trying to get rid of thoughts that we feel like are, are bad, right. Especially around, um, anxiety and performance, but, um, you know, mindfulness really teaches a different approach to dealing with that. So I think a lot of what we learn in, in sports psychology, uh, and, and, and just kind of everyday life, um, is about trying to get rid of negative thoughts and, and emotions and, uh, and to label things as negative just just in the beginning with, right? So to kind of think of anxiety as a bad thing. Um, but mindfulness really kind of flips that on its head as a mindset. And, um, and it's not to say that one is better than the other, right? So it's not to say that people who are trying to control their emotions is, is, is that that's a bad thing, but mindfulness just kind of preaches a different thing, which is to kind of change your relationship with um, your thoughts and emotions rather than to kind of change those things themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I kind of liked how you talked about how we have this this affinity for getting rid of bad emotions or labeling emotions as good as good or bad. But you know, part of mindfulness is allowing ourselves to feel emotions, whether they are good emotions or bad emotions, and experience the thoughts that we're having in our head and not attaching anything to them because a thought is just a thought until we add value to it. So allowing ourselves to feel the emotion, experience the thought, put ourselves in those shoes, and then let those kind of drift away so that we can return back to where we are right now. Exactly. Exactly. Because that, that is the, that is like where the, where I think issues can come in and performances because we feel like we have to have this ideal mental climate, right? Like we feel like uh, a lot of us think that if I'm going to perform well, I have to be in this perfect mindset where I feel great. 
you know, I don't have any negative thoughts. Like, and so, and, and a lot of people get, uh, you know, myself included, sometimes I, I get, you get nervous if, if you're not in that space and you feel like you can't perform well if you're not in that space. Um, and so what happens is, is when you start to try to change that, right? When you start to try to change your, your internal climate, you, you know, your thoughts and emotions um, into something more positive or into something you feel like will be more helpful, um, when you're doing that while you're performing, right? Like while you're, while you're, you know, on the court um, or while you're on the pitch, what you're doing is, is you're, you're actually taking your focus away from where it's actually going to be the most helpful. Uh, and, and where do you, Miles, where do you think it, your focus would be uh, best placed? Yeah. So, you know, thinking about that question is probably on the task at hand. Um, you know, right. when we're on the field, when we're in a high pressure situation, if we're looking in the stands, if we're thinking about a play that happened, you know, 20 minutes ago, we're not going to be able to be ready for the next one. And it could be a, a game changing play. So kind of going off of what you're saying is when we're, when we're being mindful of where we are right now is we're focusing our, our cognitive or our mental energy on things that are going to benefit us and that are going to serve us going forward. So if we're ruminating on the past and we keep thinking about a shot that we missed, um, a bad lap that we ran, et cetera, that's not going to serve us going forward when it comes into these kind of really critical situations during a game, a race, a match, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the same goes for, for positive things too. Like even if we've had a success uh, during a performance, right? Sometimes we can get caught thinking, thinking about that. Um, or, or if we're worried about the future as well, I mean, either way, what, what we're not doing is we're not existing in that present moment because we're trying to to change, um, you know, what we're thinking about. We're trying to control our thoughts and emotions. Um, and so what the goal of mindfulness is, I think that the key tenet is is not trying to change the thoughts or emotions themselves. You're trying to change your relationship to them. And like we talked about it, the idea there is that, you know, your thoughts and emotions really are as as meaningful as you assign, as, as you make them. Um, so, you know, to the extent that I'm, I'm believing the thoughts and emotions that are coming through my, you know, stream of consciousness, to the extent that I'm like focusing on those and holding on to them and, and treating them as truths, right? The, the, the extent to which I do that is the extent to which those have control over me. So if I change my relationship to those, if I start to see those as for what they are, which are just thoughts, and feelings, things that are always going on in our head, things that are, you know, we can't really control. They're things that just sort of pop up. Um, so if we recognize them for what they are, we don't feel that urge to try to change them as much. We can kind of notice them and let them pass and, and still use our, we can, we can have a lot more um, control over our attention rather than control over, you know, those, those thoughts and emotions themselves. Um, and I think a really good way to think about that, like a good analogy for that is, to think about good thoughts and bad thoughts is kind of like um, pieces of, of, um, of like on a chessboard, right? So you've got good thoughts on one side, you've got bad thoughts on one side and, you know, they're competing against each other. Right. And so a lot of times in our mind, we're trying to control those, those good pieces, those good thought pieces. We're trying to have them win over the bad ones so that we can get to that ideal performance state. Right. But what mindfulness teaches us to do is instead of thinking of ourselves as, you know, the good thoughts or the bad thoughts, we, we learn to see ourselves as that chessboard itself. It is, we are the place where all of that stuff is playing out. Um, and so when we think of it that way, we can kind of get more distance from those things. We can detach from those thoughts and feelings a little bit more uh, so they don't have quite as much control over us. 
Absolutely. And I think another thing to, to highlight here is, you know, when we're, when we're trying to be mindful and we're trying to stay in the present moment, you know, when our minds drift, that's normal because we're human and we're meant to emote and we're meant to have thoughts. So it's like you were saying, it's what do we do when we have those negative thoughts? Do we ruminate and do we sit on them? Or do we find something to anchor ourselves to kind of have a refresh? And so we can come back to the present moment. So, yeah. So I think you're, you're spot on with, with the chessboard analogy and talking about how we've got these good thoughts and these bad thoughts and how do we mediate between the two? So rather than putting a, putting a label on them, as we talked about before is how do we just take them at face value? Look it in the face. It's a thought. Yeah. Okay. What do I do with it? I can attach value to it, to it, or I can just let it go. Yeah, absolutely. That is that, that is that non-judgment piece that you talked about. Um, and, and I like, and that goes to what you said as well earlier about, I really like how you said that it is not necessarily like a bad thing when you notice that your mind is drifted, that is completely normal. And I think a lot of people, when they, when they begin to practice mindfulness, which we'll, we'll talk about how you can actually build the skill of mindfulness, uh, in a second here. But I think a lot of people, when they start to practice mindfulness, what, what they, they kind of get discouraged because they realize how crazy and busy their mind is. Right. So you try to focus on something like the present moment for a while and you just notice how consistently your mind interrupts you. Um, and so that can be discouraging, but what you have to do is, yeah, you have to take that non-judgmental approach. You have to say, you know, that's just a normal part of this. Um, and, and that it really is how our minds work. So what mindfulness helps us do is it helps us build the skill of consistently being able to place, refocus our attention. So we're able to refocus our attention. And then hopefully as we continue to practice mindfulness, we're able to sustain attention on the present moment um, over time, which is what we want. Um, but, I, you know, I think, we, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways that you can become mindful uh, or, or not become mindful, but practice the skill of mindfulness. Um, do you have any good like apps that you like to use or, or ways specifically that you like to, to practice that skill? Yeah. So for me, I have a couple of different resources that I like to use. I mean, I always have my phone on me. So, you know, we've got these apps like Calm from LeBron James. We've got Headspace, which I know is a really popular one with uh, some of the guys at Creighton University on the soccer team there. I know that they're really into that. And then there's also Mm -hmm. Insight Timer, which is another really good one. And all three of those apps, not only do they have kind of mindfulness meditations, but they have sleep meditations as well, which are really going to help you, you know, calm down, feel where you are right now. And, you know, we don't operate in a vacuum. So it's normal to experience emotions when we have these downtimes because our lives are so busy, particularly during Mm -hmm. uncertain time like we have right now. I mean, we're inundated with notifications and news. And sometimes we just need to detach ourselves and be where we are right now. Just be where our feet are. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And those, yeah, apps are a great, a great way to like, to give you some guidance, especially if you're new. Um, they give you some nice structure for how to do that. And I want to make a quick note too, before I forget, um, for, for people who are students, maybe student athletes, if you're listening, um, you can get Headspace. I know you can get a student discount on that. Um, so if you just Google mind or I'm sorry, Headspace student, um, you can get it for, I think $10 for the whole year when it's normally, I think well over a hundred dollars. So I just wanted to plug that really quick in there. Um, because I think that's well worth the investment. Um, but I also want to say too, that I think mindfulness again, like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast um, about it kind of having that religious component. I think sometimes people will think of mindfulness only as very guided and specific meditation, Mm -hmm. right? So like I have to sit down, I have to, you know, sit on a pillow 
and make my hands into circles <laughs> and, you know, and, and sit there and just completely empty my mind. Uh, I think that's a lot of times what people think. Number one, the goal of mindfulness is never to completely empty your mind. Mindful people who have studied mindfulness will tell you that that's probably pretty dang impossible. Um, so that's not the goal there. It's more just to notice what's going on. And, and like we said, build those skills of, of regaining attention, like we said earlier. Um, but also meditation, formal meditation is not the only way to practice mindfulness. Um, as, as, a, as a performer, um, there, are, there are opportunities to be mindful literally in any, in any situation, any, any time when there is the present moment, right? Which is, which is always. Um, so it could be walking. You could, you could uh, be mindful when you're walking. You could be mindful when you're, uh, you know, performing your sport. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter. What you're doing is, is you're practicing the skill, like we said, of, of living in the present moment, of, of staying focused on that. So, um, you know, if you're not somebody who likes to sit down and, and do those formal meditations, um, there are plenty of other ways that you can practice being mindful. So I just want to make sure that we, we touched on that. Yeah. So <clears throat> another one of the resources that I like to use is actually from one of the members of our program, the Sport and Exercise Psychology program at um, the University of Kentucky. And he's really into different kinds of meditation. So he actually told me about a book called uh, How to Walk by a Buddhist mm -hmm. monk named Thich Nhat Hanh. And he completely detaches from the religion part of it, but teaches us how to be mindful with every step that we take, feel like we're kind of massaging the earth. So it's easy for us when we're walking from class to class or when we're walking to work, we, we throw our headphones on and we listen to music or something or a podcast like this one. But, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes it's about slowing down, just being where we are as we've preached throughout this whole podcast and just slowing down. And, and you don't have to sit down on a pillow like Trevor said. You can, you can walk. You can be mindful as you're doing that. You can be mindful during a workout, um, whether it's a run, whether it's in the, in the gym. I mean, there's tons of sports-specific examples of times where we can be mindful doing the activity that we love. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be sitting down and being quiet as we kind of connect to um, mindfulness and meditation, this connotation that we give it. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and I think the way that you can do that is, is you know, if you, if you really want to practice the skill of mindfulness pretty much anywhere, you can focus on your breath pretty much anywhere. Because if you're focusing on your breath, that means you're probably focused that means you're probably, you know, in the present moment, right? Because you're, you're breathing right here and now. So um, you always have that tool on you, no matter where you are. Um, so it, whether it's performance or whether it's, you know, or, you know, outside of that, if you can just take a minute to notice your breathing, not try to change your breathing or necessarily take any big deep breaths or anything like that, but just notice your breathing, uh, you know, notice where you're feeling your inhalation, notice where you're feeling your exhalation in your body. Um, that is a great way to, to practice the skill of mindfulness. Um, and, and again, as we do that, even though it might seem really small and incremental, um, as you do that over time, if you're committed to developing that skill, um, you know, I, I really encourage you guys as performers to try that and see how that changes your performance, how that, how that impacts, you know, the, your ability to stay focused, uh, on the right things when you are, you know, when it means, when it matters the most, when you are performing. Absolutely. And, um, and kind of to go off that point is research has shown that mindfulness correlates with flow. So, you know, we have conversations yes. about, you know, being in the zone flow, everything just seems to be going right. Being mindful, being in the moment helps us detach from everything else and just focus on the task at hand. Where on the flip side, yes. that is 
you know, sometimes we experience, and I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I've experienced it. I'm sure many performers have is this experience of choking under pressure when our focus is, is on one thing and one thing in specific. And we, we don't allow for any kinds of distractions and we just struggle with all the pressure that we're putting on ourselves that might not be coming from anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think choking and flow, that's a really good, that's a really good way to put it because, um, yeah, because choking is all about a lot of times it's about this, yeah, narrow internal focus where you're, you notice yourself becoming anxious. Maybe you've made some mistakes while you're performing um, and you're, and you're continuously focused on that anxiety. You're focused on, you know, trying to get rid of that nervousness, right? Trying to get rid of that, that, that fear that you have or that anxiety that you have. Um, and again, just like we talked about, that is kind of the opposite of being mindful because you are, again, trying to change. You're focused on changing um, that thought or that emotion of, of being anxious. And you are not focused on, uh, you know, your performance, which is right in front of you, which can tend to lead to more mistakes. Uh, and it can be kind of a negative spiral in that sense. So uh, and that's, you know, mistakes happen. It's just that when mistakes happen, you know, bringing yourself back to the present moment allows you to give your be- yourself the best chance to you know, not make a mistake by performing at your best. So, uh, and flow is a great example of that as well. When you are in a state of flow, um, you are completely immersed in the present moment. Um, that's what the research tells us. So, uh, if we practice mindfulness, you know, every day in our everyday lives, the chances that we will access the flow state during performance go way up. Um, and so that's a great thing to know, uh, because obviously we would love the more often we can be in flow, um, the more successful we're going to be. So I think, uh, I think that's a really good place to, to kind of wrap this up. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, just one more point that I'd like to add is that there's there's many, many ways to be successful in sport. And mindfulness is just one of those approaches. So as yes. we go through our career as high performers, whether that's in sport or in another line of work, it's important to find what helps you focus the best for you personally. Because, you know, we're not all carbon copies of each other. As we spoke about earlier, we don't operate in a vacuum. So there's a lot of other things that are going on in our lives as, you know, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, parents, you name it. It's important to find the mental skill that's going to be most useful for us. And mindfulness is just one of those many tools. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, you're totally right, because there are there are plenty of people who a different approach will work really well, just exactly like you said. Um, so mindfulness might be the right approach for some person, some people, and, and not the right one for other people. Um, you know, other people might do really well with trying to change, you know, their, their, uh, internal, you know, thoughts and emotions during a performance that might be the case for you. Uh, but you, you won't know that until you've tried both. Right. So, um, I would, I would encourage people to at least give mindfulness a shot. Um, and, and just like I said, kind of see where that takes you. So, um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this one and, uh, Miles, I think I'll let you sign us off. Here. Absolutely. Yeah, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in and stay posted for some future podcasts. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya.